0: We the bestest, cast with the left twist, Pat fairly well-dressed, put me on the guest list, the guest list,
1: uh, yeah, on the guest list, yeah. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Karkit, and Dante, and hold on one, hold on, one second.
2: You hear that? It's not all of them. You, <laughs> you can't play that.
1: The fucking boys are back in town, baby. Let's go. Let's go. We got all four boys on the podcast this week. Holy shit, motherfucker. Dave, first off, how are you, buddy?
2: I I think that I was a little <laughs> over-exuberant.
1: Because Kenny's you. not
2: here other than for the interview. That Kenny was did. on the interview. It's not the same. We need him for the intro. But
3: I'm you good. Buzz
1: you are a buzzkill. You are no, a buzzkilling fan. No,
3: he's a Barstool Chicago <laughs> degenerate just down in the dumps i mean it's, it's just cancerous in that office How? I, mean, I love your enthusiasm Colin. Thank i you. love it i love it i love you what is that supposed to mean, I mean you're just like oh, it's not
2: that big of a deal we
1: don't, no, it's, we don't it's,
2: need we don't need to celebrate i no, it's not <laughs> that it's not that you're here it's that it's not all four of us for the whole show I think that would be a little different. Then I'd be like, yo, (laughs) fuck, let's go. (laughs) I'm still goddamn excited, dude. Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm uh, a little excited. Well, speaking of that, dude, Dante, live from his fucking club in Cleveland, Ohio. Dante, how are you, baby?
2: I'm stressed as
3: fuck, man. (laughs) I've been on ladders, hanging speakers, hanging video boards, trying to get this place open. We got Fisher coming here tomorrow night. The DJ and his tech rider is outrageous. I mean, shit! I've never even, we had to order so much equipment that is impossible to get our hands on. I mean, it's 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 a nightmare, but it's it's fun. Stress the stuff like is really really fun.
1: Welcome back to live music, baby. Uh, by the way, how was uh, Top Gun two? Oh,
3: dude, so fucking fun! It was awesome. I
1: can't. I can't fucking you have
3: Top to Gun- see it. You have to see it. In like the big boy sound theaters. Somebody messaged me today. There's this DX4 theater. Have you heard of this? Oh, where, where it like surrounds you and shit? Where the, the sheet, the seats move and shake and shit. He yeah, said yeah, yeah. each one has a sub under it. Yeah, I've, I've never heard that. I'm like, me neither. He said that the one on Webster Dave, That's, you know. That-
2: that's the AMC, I thought. Right? Uh, no, it's Regal. He said Regal has it. That's so. what I. That's the last movie theater I've been to, and they didn't have that. Not that I remember. I saw Joker there.
3: He said they got it, and it's playing in that theater. So when I get back to Chicago, I'm fucking definitely going to see it again. In doing that, dude. But yeah, top it was. Gun. It was such a great. It was such a great movie. They did a top, great job with it. Top
1: Gun is a top five favorite movie of mine of all time, and it looks awesome. Don't tell me anything. Like, I've already had something spoiled for me, but I can't. You'll love Dave, it. Dave, are you a Top Gun guy? I wouldn't
2: say a Top Gun guy, but I, it's, a, it's Top Gun. I love Top Gun. I'm a shitty like, I easy man, guy. I wouldn't necessarily throw it in my top five, but if it's on, I'm absolutely watching it, and I'll go out of my way to watch it once a year or so. Fuck yeah. Dave, I got
3: a Dave, I got a great question for you. This is, like, right up your alley. You're the expert on this. Why do people on Twitter suck so fucking much? <laughs>
2: Oh, it's the absolute fucking. I, I, I see this. I was t- okay. Here's, I was, I'll tell you guys off camera. I, I had a conversation no. with someone yesterday.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you my little, fucking it, it gets worse
2: every fucking day. Bro, oh, yeah. So,
3: so I I tweeted that I was there last night for the premiere and I didn't look at my tweets for another half hour, 45 minutes. There was a little kind of semi love scene. And so I pull up my phone, fucking bad habit. I pull up Twitter. First thing I see is some asshole who's like, hate to break it to you, but he dies in the end. It leaked this past week. And I'm like, mother fucker. No. So the whole fucking movie, I'm like, this sucks. Like, and I didn't tell my friend who I was with, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. Okay. But I was just like, like. What possesses somebody, Dante, to piss? No, I'm going to guess that that's not what like that. happens, but like, like
1: he definitely shit on your experience, but like,
3: yeah, like you can edit this if you want. He doesn't, but okay, okay. He, he made me think that I was that about happens. to fucking
2: freak out on Dante. Oh my right,
3: God. No, so was I, dude. <laughs> no, I would, dude, I was the whole fucking time, I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm going to be devastated. I'm going to be fucking devastated. It didn't happen, but back, I was like, dude, it's like, what is wrong with people that they get fucking enjoyment out of just being pieces
2: of shit
1: i think the movie spoilers are the biggest piece of shit on earth and i will tell first shady of all I, I oh fuck shady mccoy and I'm a, I'm a marvel guy so fuck shady mccoy till he dies he's one of my favorite eagles of all time but fuck him uh when i was in high school uh shutter island came out and uh, we were playing a playoff baseball game uh we're having long toss before the game and my buddy kev is standing next to me and he's like, yo, Budney, what are you doing after the game? And I was like, oh, me and Dana, who's now my wife, are going to see Shutter Island. And he goes, oh, yeah? He goes, Leo was a ma- mental patient the entire time. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he goes, oh, yeah. Like- someone- he goes, someone spoiled it for me at lunch. So I'm just ruining it for everybody. And I was like, fuck, dude. I, I still haven't seen the movie to this day. I won't say it because I already know everything that happened. That's
2: also might not be what happened. They make it seem like that might be what happened, so you should watch it.
1: All right, fair. That is the end <laughs> of the movie
2: though. Like you gotta <laughs> it's like up for debate. Was he was he sane or was he not? So There's it's a weird guy. movie, but it's a good movie. It's kinda like it's kind of scary. Like
1: bro, TV. I gotta be honest, man. I wish I could be cool, like and be like nonchalant about like even with the intro of this show. Like I wish I could be nonchalant. I'm like a fucking golden retriever who like ate the coffee grounds, dude. I'm just so fucking excited to be here with you guys, like. I'm pumped about this episode I went
3: I actually went to the real Shutter Island this weekend what yeah it's off the coast oh it's of in like
2: Long Island or something right no
3: I, I think it I think it's off the coast of Boston it's uh oh that's little what island. yeah yeah there's this little island where there's just this fucking old condemned mental institution and they knock down the bridge to get to it so you Literally can only get to it by boat now. I can't
2: think of the fucking name of it. But it. I, is, know, I, I remember it people so talking about that when I was out there a few weeks ago.
3: Dante, Me have you too. ever heard
1: of uh Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia?
3: No, oh, why should why should I have what's it famous for? Well,
1: it's it it was a fucking prison and a mental institution in the middle of Fairmount, which is right near the Rocky steps. Uh it's now a uh attraction on Halloween. Like it's dead, it's dead. Yeah, in they in do the that middle. with
2: our prison too. State
1: Yeah, though. but like it Eastern State is fucked up like people like this is a dark opening God damn, they were,
3: dude they were very inhumane to people back in the day the fact like the fact that they built this gigantic hospital where they just shipped people off that they didn't want to deal with and didn't give a fuck what goes on what went on there and i mean Bunch yeah, of wild boys dark, dude. This is a dark. This, this is a dark, dark intro.
1: <laughs> Speaking of dark intro, we have a great guest today. We have fucking Max from Arcells, the biggest band in Canada. Just won the Juno, which is the Grammys of Canada for group of the year. Great guys. Me and Kenny did the interview. Max is a, an amazing human being, dude. They just did the Grey Cup halftime show. The Grey Cup is like the, uh, the Canadian Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh they did the halftime performance. They were the headliner and they brought out the Lumineers and performed wow. with them. Dude, it's a great convo. Are the Lumineers Canadian? No, they are from, oh. they're from Jersey by way of LA. Okay. Um, but it, dude, amazing convo. I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, they were the band that when we were like first starting out, we opened for them and we drank their entire rider and we ate all their shit. <laughs> And so I brought that up to max and they're cool though. Like they've used on accident or, or you didn't give a fuck. We walked into the green room and we didn't know. We just saw a <laughs> bottle of Jameson in a big spread. And we were like, dude, this venue's fucking sick. And we drank <laughs> it all. And then our kells <laughs> came in for a sold out show. And they were like, what's up boys. Like we were meeting each other. And they were like, Where's all of our stuff? And I was like, what stuff? Do we drink all that? And they were like, oh, no. But they were cool. And we go into that oh, whole. Well, they're story. Canadians.
2: They can't be like, hey, fuck you, you jag off. This
1: is the most Canadian interview of all time. Max is the most humble guy, sweetest dude, great conversation. And by the way, our boys, Congos, who are the biggest piece of shit on earth, get a great shout out in this interview. So stick around for the interview. and We will get into that shortly. But first off, I want to get in. Let's get into some music news. Let's get our feet underneath us. But uh, the biggest music news of the week is fucking Harry Styles drops his new album called Harry's House, which I absolutely loved. And I obviously suck this dude's dick on a daily basis on this podcast. But, Dante, have you listened to the album yet?
3: I have not. I listened to the single. I thought it was good. I thought. uh, oh. Treat, I thought Treat People With Kindness was way better last year or, or two yeah. years ago Whenever it dropped I thought, And I thought he was going to take off Or pick up where he left off with that um, Yeah, I haven't listened to it But I've seen everybody going gaga for it Especially the girls, which is obviously going to happen um, But he is been getting great looking reviews He's a hot-looking
2: dude reviews, So I'm looking yeah. forward to it
1: Dave, did you listen to any of it?
2: Uh, today at the dog park, I got like three or four songs in piqued my interest. I'll dude, finish he, it and I'll finish it probably within the next 24 hours.
1: I'll give this dude credit from the perspective of he could easily do a layout pop album and everybody would be happy about it. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like an eighties album. It doesn't sound like a today album. It just sounds like Harry Styles. And I give the dude a lot of credit, but I will ask this question off the fact that this album is so fucking big. Do you think he's the biggest artist in the world right now?
2: Uh, absolutely
1: not. Okay, then Dante, who is the biggest artist in the world? It's cyclical. I don't think
3: they're they're European, that's for sure.
1: So it's an American art. Well, there I I have numbers to back this up, actually. Really? If you're going by Spotify numbers, monthly listeners, he's the fourth biggest artist in the world. Who do you think number one is?
2: I would is it that Korean BDK or whatever? BTS. And no, it's not BTS. What, what number are they? Are they up there?
1: They're not in the top 15.
2: So I've good, never listened to good. a single thing they've done. Agreed. I just know that they're mega popular, and there's a lot of people in Asia. I think, yeah. I think Taylor's in there. Yeah. T-
1: Taylor Swift is number nine. Taylor Swift wow. has 55.9 55. million. Drake is number seven at 56.9 million. Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo is not in the top 15 is too new um yeah, monthly listeners I, hold
2: on i all right this is gonna piss me off now
1: okay so um, one of the, two of them are canadian of the top three stop it swear to god number three is the weekend oh yeah 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 The, Weeknd the weekend has 75.4 million monthly listeners number two is justin bieber Oh, right. I, how did not? After he 70, said Canadian,
2: I was thinking like bands. I was like, wait, fucking. Uh, what was Rush. the Canadian yeah, Kenny, Dante, let me
1: fuck you. Dante, let me fuck you real quick. The number one American artist isn't till number nine. It's Taylor Swift. She's the number one American artist. The number one artist in the world is from the UK. Can you guess who it is? And it's he by is. a large margin. Nope. Ugliest human being alive. Adele. Oh uh Adele. Nope.
3: <laughs> Jesus. Oh, she got Sheeran. Sheeran. Yeah, it's Ed, Ed
1: Sheeran, Sheeran has 83.9 million monthly listeners.
2: I like uh, Ed Sheeran.
1: I like Ed Sheeran, but the biggest artist in the world would not have guessed that by a fucking mile. I'm, Toronto, I'm,
2: not, I'm not shocked. I'll say that, but that does surprise me.
1: Who do you think number 10 is? It's another American band. It's a band. It's the only band. Booze. Nope. Chili Peppers Current. lightning, lightning and the thunder is my is my is my hint
3: imagine dragons
1: imagine oh, yeah, dragons yeah. is number 10 with 55 wow. million mother do i want to be in the top 10 is the question cuz it's like what the fuck uh wow. on here too david Guetta is the biggest electronic artist um bad bunny is number 6 with 58 yeah, million i'm,
3: I'm so, yeah i thought there would for sure be more Latin up there. I mean, South America.
1: Oh, yeah. Jay Balvin's number 14. Um, Doja Cat is number 11. Yo, if you
3: look at those uh, Latin artists, YouTube plays, they are fucking hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions.
1: Dude, Maroon 5 is number 18 for Dave. There we go. I love Maroon 5.
3: I'm a
2: fan.
1: That's an interesting
3: list. Colin, you should uh, put a graphic of that up on uh social. I think that would that would be good
1: uh that would
2: draw engagement for sure. Yeah. People,
1: I mean I dude would be shocked by that list. I'm shocked by the list to be like even rereading it, it's fucking crazy. Um yeah, is. Eminem is still number seventeen, which I think is garbage. I don't know why the fuck people are still listening to eminem like that. He hasn't put good music out in like eleven years. Um and then Jack Harlow is number thirteen, which I mean that that album's getting a lot of hate. It's absolute dog shit. Where are we at? when's like the
2: first country singer. Like when's it's uh not, like it's not singing?
3: dog shit. It's, it's not great. It's not dog shit. I like dog Hall- shit is the dog shit is
1: the new future album. That Oh, whoa, watch your mouth, yes. dude. Yes. Yo, that is my Lord and Savior Future Hendrix. You better watch your mouth, dude. I will it's, come to he's, He's a good artist.
3: He mailed it in on this one,
1: though. Well, future. He does no wrong in my eyes. There's there's never a bad future song. <laughs> um, dude, no country top 20. I'm going to guess. See, this is what's shocking. So Morgan Wallen is probably the biggest country artist in the world right now. Amidst all the controversy, whatever. He only has 7 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Here,
3: Here's what I want to do. I want to do the top 20 Spotify artist. And look at the top 20 Apple Music artists and see, I bet you there's a lot of country in Apple Music. The, th- uh, the thing
1: that's tough about, though, is Apple doesn't really publish their results. They're, they're very close guarded. Like, even as an artist on the back end, it's really hard to check your stats on Apple Music. They don't give you anything. Really difficult. It's, it's like a weird thing. But all, all I i I'll, I'll dig. I'll dig. I'll, I'll do some digging. I will ask this question, though, like before we move into the next thing. Like, so, okay, so obviously Ed Sheeran is the biggest pop star in the world right now, right? Who do you think the biggest rapper is in the world? Who would you say the biggest rapper is? And I'm not even looking at stats, just on stature. Would it be Drake still? Yeah. it's I, probably Drake. But there's Kendrick and there's J. Cole and yeah, there's all... I Kanye.
3: Think, I think Kanye's I still the biggest.
1: I think Kanye's the biggest rock star per se. I, well, that's a, I I
3: think you when you talk about biggest, you gotta talk about who moves the needle the most. No, like nobody true. moves the needle like Kanye. He it's fucking nice. posted a picture of a Big Mac box on Instagram, and people went crazy because it was the first thing he's done on social media in two months. I mean, the guy is just like a lightning rod.
1: He's the man. He's my he's my favorite. But like, okay, so who's the biggest rock band in the world? I, Foo Fighters, Black Keys.
3: Yeah, I, I hate. I hate to say this, but I think Coldplay.
1: I just got offered to go see Coldplay in a week, and I I'm a they're, big. Cold, I I don't they, mind Coldplay. I love hey, Coldplay. Dave
3: are, Dave, are you in? They're in Chicago this weekend. I guess I'm missing them. I'm kind of tells us
2: tomorrow night, but I got the White Sox charity thing tomorrow.
1: Uh shouts out Wishfest! Shouts out Wishfest!
2: Yep. Yeah, it's with them. So, so they. I, I wrote a blog
3: about this, so this might be overkill. But um, and you might, you probably already heard the story. But I was not a Coldplay guy at yeah. all, and I got taken to a concert, Soldier Field. They put on, I want to say 2014. Unbelievable seats, but it honestly didn't matter because they, the whole crowd. It didn't matter where you were. It was an unbelievable show from any perspective the show that Chris Martin put on was like it felt like a two-hour long Super Bowl halftime show yeah no joke i confetti them. than more confetti than I've ever seen in my life uh fireworks like crazy lasers the light show was unbelievable he ran around like a maniac for two hours. I mean, it was. Um, I, I left there and was like, "Wow, like I'm a fucking Coldplay fan now."
1: I've seen him three times, and uh, they blow me away every time. My biggest Coldplay memory, though, my sister, who's ten years older than me, uh, I was sixteen. She took me to a Coldplay show with all my friends. Caught her smoking weed with my friends in the back of an SUV. That is my that is my number one Coldplay memory. Right. Uh, but no, dude. Uh, Coldplay's probably the biggest band in the world. They've also done a lot of crossover shit with, like, BTS and Chainsmokers. They've been smart yeah. about how they market themselves. Um, stuff, but you're
0: right. It, I guess it is smart.
1: Is Taylor, Taylor Swift, or... is Taylor Swift the biggest female artist in the world? Yes.
3: I, I, or Gaga,
1: Billie Eilish?
2: Gaga, Adele, Billie Eilish. She's absolutely... Like, if anybody said Taylor Swift's the biggest female artist in the world, like... You may have arguments otherwise, but you can't argue against her at the same time.
1: I'll put money on this. She's going to be the Super Bowl halftime show this year. I'll put money on it. Where is it? I think that that Taylor Swift will be the Super Bowl halftime show, and I say this for this reason. There was a hang-up previously with Pepsi being the sponsor of the Super Bowl halftime show.
3: It's in Vegas this year.
1: Right, but... There was a hang up before Pepsi being a sponsor. She was sponsored by somebody else, and therefore they couldn't do it. Pepsi's no longer the Super Bowl halftime show sponsor. I guarantee you, Taylor Swift is the act this year. Dave, Can you bet on that? Barstool Sportsbook, check it. I don't know, but I would, I would, I would say go, go Taylor Swift. Um, other than that, before we get into the interview, the last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, we covered it a lot either on on our. Oh, what? I'm Sorry, that was my my wife just texted me something. Uh, okay. Other than that, what I wanted to get into before the interview, uh, we covered this on both on the guest list Instagram and Barstool Backstages Instagram. But the entire Halsey situation with her label and the TikTok situation, if you're not familiar, what happened was she went online and said that her label wouldn't release her new song until it garnered enough uh, viral TikTok moment. Yeah. And she was, I am now on the camp. I've been convinced by so many people that this was just a ploy on TikTok. To to demand the song and cause outrage. I'm kind of pissed I got fucking played for a fool because that our video got. You're
3: you're overthinking it, dude. I'm not overthinking it. This is a conspiracy theory. You saw the comments. All the comments were like all the fucking snarky, pitchfork, fucking asshole. Nerds. People who hate the world. Like, oh, the irony of this post is exhausting. Like. Like, listen, if she's that smart or her team is that smart to have done this, round of, round of applause. Like, you, you got me. I think she was being honest. And I, what did you, what did I say when you sent that? It's like, good remember. for her. I was like, good for her. Fuck these labels. They ruin fucking everything. Everything. Yep. I agree. I guarantee you, I guarantee you every pop artist that's relevant right now, feels that to their core what she said
1: dude there's a lot of people who have they, been coming out and responding florence ross in ma- the machine yeah
3: dude they try to make what they see as actual art and what they want and they have these fucking loser marketing people sit there and shit on it and tell them no this isn't going to get radio play no, this is too long of a song. It needs to be three minutes and 30 seconds or or less. Or we can't fucking do a TikTok dance to this. Go back mm. to the drawing board. Facts. It's all, it's all fucking bullshit. It's been like this for a while.
1: Bro, I will say this too, though. Of our podcast, who's the one that's had the most major label exposure? Kenny Carkey. What did Kenny text in the group chat? He was like, fuck, fuck her. That's what she signed up for. It's what he said. He said, that's what you sign up for. And in my in my fucking video, I said... Kenny's, you play- a,
3: Kenny's a curmudgeon. He fucking- yeah, Kenny's
1: a con dude. He fucking hates, every, hates everybody. If we ever could get the J- the jaded rock star ever, it's Kenny Carky, dog. He's, he's a piece of shit. I do agree, though. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, dude. When you sign up for that shit, and they're coming to you in your fucking board meetings with graphs and charts that say, this is the TikTok exposure you need to make a song blow up. I also had nerds in my DMs saying like, oh, well, if you look at her sales track record, she's gone down this much. I'm like, fuck you. She also sells out stadiums. So my,
3: my only point of contention with with that entire thing, and I, I I'm an, I realize that I'm an asshole saying this because I love Halsey. I think she's awesome. And I do she too. She's got a great voice. Her, her album was really, really good. You could tell it was what she wanted to write. It was like a lot of personal experiences and all that. But big but. You can't become a household name due to closer with the mm. chain smokers and then sit there and turn around and claim your art isn't being appreciated. Come Ooh. on. Like,
1: come on, man. Oh
3: facts, Cl- dude. Closer closer might be the most artificial Hollow fucking song of our entire lifetime. You mean sleeping so. on
1: that mattress that you stole from your roommate back in Dover?
3: <laughs> or whatever, the it, whatever the fuck. That line is? that song's so bad, dude. That was kind of harsh. No, I'm just saying. Like, no, I mean you're not if wrong. We're, if, hey, hey, if hey. we're calling spades, spades. Like, like, come on, you didn't
1: fucking. Yeah, Halsey's not out here as Nora Jones. She's not out here right yes. <laughs> now. Speaking <laughs> yes. of Nora
2: Jones. Exactly. I got a notification from Peloton yesterday. Nora Jones is like my biggest crush of all time. Me too. I love her. I'm in love with Nora Dave, Jones. I didn't too. know this. I didn't the know this. Pel- so, Peloton just added a class that is straight Nora Jones or it's uh, upcoming or something. I haven't done it yet, but I cannot wait to ride right. on my H- bike to those super pounds. <laughs>
3: Dave, we need to do uh, Buns of Anarchy. Nora Jones class with this. You need to lead it. This is this is one of the funnier things I've ever heard because I also got that notification, and the first thing that came to my mind was, "Wow, that's a really odd choice for exercise." Well, of course, it is. Dude, <laughs> it's the opposite. Dude, of it's the exercise weirdest.
1: It, but I will say that I just tried to call my boy Trace. Right, my, like he's one of my producers in Nashville. Me and him found out that we both have an intense love for like a, like a fucking like crush on Nora Jones. I was literally calling. Hot? him to be, She's yes, tracked. She, I,
2: I, she's in great. my opinion. She's not hot. Yes, uh, like not Instagram model, like shit, like that. She's her, and she's
1: she's the, the most talented human being alive. Her voice
2: and her hands on those fucking keyboards. She's amazing, amazing.
1: If I could I can procreate can't. with one person who's not my wife, I would pick Noriega. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> threw in that quick qualifier there. Save myself is what I did. All right, we've had enough enough conversation. We'll get into on list off the list in a second. Let's let's real quick go into this unbelievable interview we just did with Max from Arkells. How you feeling? Feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have fucking Canadian royalty in the building. His band just released a new single with Cold War Kids. They're on tour in the U.S. right now. A warm welcome for Hamilton Ontario Zone, Max Kerman of Arkells. How are we doing, brother?
4: Doing pretty good. Uh, beautiful day. Actually, I'm home for a day. We play Columbus tomorrow. The bus leaves tonight. I'm going to go see Haim playing in Toronto tonight.
1: What? And then I'm going
4: to hop on the bus, and then we get to Columbus in the morning. So, so you were, you were in New York and Philly this past week, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, so when you first start touring, you know, you have to, you sleep over in some, you know, shitty hotel. You wake up the following morning. You drive. Anywhere between three and eight hours, depending on yep. the, the distance and what traffic looks like. If you are lucky enough to graduate to a bus, you know, you go to sleep on the bus at, you know, 1 a.m. and then you wake up in the next town. So we had a couple of days off and we played in Philly. We're like, oh, we could like bum around Columbus for, you know, two days or we just go home, you know, <laughs> and then and then hit the road again. So we're home for a couple of days and it's, it's nice. It's
1: always champagne problems, bro. I love always- that. kenny kenny knows the bus life kenny of course from awol nation fucking he knows the the drill i'm i'm the three to six hour drive bumming around in a shitty hotel kind of a guy so i appreciate
4: that (laughs) i like that too that has its perks as well but the bus is Uh, nice
1: it builds character i'll tell you that much uh max to start out we always do like a little story because usually it's kenny bringing people on being like oh yeah we were playing fucking stadiums together i have another story and this involves my band, Fox Trotting the Get Down, mm-hmm. opening for Kells in Philadelphia in 2016. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, but I've told this story on the podcast numerous times. But it was one of our first big hometown shows sold out. You guys were unbelievable. But we didn't know what a rider was. And it was mm. your rider. And we drank <laughs> all of the Jameson and ate everything in your rider. And you guys walked in and went, dude, where's the Jameson? And we were like, <laughs> we thought that was for everybody. So I appreciate you being so cool about that. Cause you guys weren't mad. You were cool, but uh, <laughs> I just uh, thought we,
4: <laughs> no, we, you want well, to be honest. Um, we, we, we probably don't need all the Jameson. If we're, if we're being honest with you, it's better <laughs> if it's sort of shared amongst, amongst friends instead of us, to all of it. Um, but also we've been in that position too, as the opening band. And one time I won't mention the band, but there was a miscommunication with whose rider was who, or, and we got really reprimanded in a way that i felt was like somewhat over the top it's like in the, the day it's like whatever it's a 30 to bottle 30 dollar bottle of booze like who cares so uh, we can never get mad at the openers for if, if they we make had that a, mistake
0: we had an ongoing prank war with young the giant for years of just like while they're on stage we'd go in their bus and drink their shit and vice versa <laughs>
4: <laughs> who stuff who stuff was nicer
0: uh their stuff dude they've always been a tick they were always a tick ahead of us especially on the like they had their smoothie makers and their fresh juicers and we were still like plastic cups and ecological disasters on the bus
1: (laughs) 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 oh man yo first off i just want to say dude congratulations on the recent juno
4: oh thanks you know it's uh for our listeners out there that aren't familiar it's like the canadian grammys and and obviously Canada's is much smaller and it's a little bit more of a humble exercise but um you know we you know like any artist like you're sort of uh, happy when you're recognized for for doing your thing cuz it's like it's it's a weird it's a weird job in many ways so the the, the fact that we, we got a little shout out there is is, is something we'll take we're, we're
0: happy about it
1: that was the most Canadian response of
0: all time. <laughs> <laughs> because for us, it's like when we don't get nominated for stuff, we're like, fuck it, who needs it anyway? Who cares? <laughs>
4: well, I'm
1: sure that would have been our reaction too. Like, fuck awards. But when yeah. you get it, you're like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, obviously, and I, I want to start out with the Canadian roots and just kind of like my appreciation for you guys and the way that you've remained committed to where you're from. Because that's very big for me. Mm. Um, but I mean, you guys are... You fucking played the Grey Cup last year. Like, you guys, what was that like, first of all? Let's go with that. For those of you who don't know what the Grey Cup is, it's basically the Canadian Super Bowl. Yeah,
4: it was cool. I mean, so the Grey Cup uh, happens, like, December, and it usually is outside, so it's like an outdoor performance. And, they like, the previous performer was Keith Urban, so oftentimes they try to get, like, big international acts. Uh, They went with uh, the local guys this time around, and it was cool in that, it was unlike anything we've ever done, because normally, you know, you guys know, it's like you're trying to put together like a set list for a two hour show. You know, the <laughs> ebb and flow, what that looks like. But for this, it's like we have 15 minutes to impress people, mostly on television, because there's like five million people watching at home. So even though there was, you know, 26,000 people in the stadium like we weren't really playing to them. We were trying to make a theater production. So, mm. so it was cool. We're like, okay, so we start on the field. We have like our extended band with our horns and singers, kind of a marching band thing. Then we get to the main stage. We have a crowd behind us, which kind of was a cool look. And then we go to this middle, this other satellite stage uh, where the Lumineers were waiting for us. So Because we asked the Lumineers to come up and what? they did the show with us. So we played on Ophelia with them and they played on our song "Quitting You," uh, which is what? very kind of them. And then we head back to the main stage, and we have a song with Kay Flay, uh, yeah. and she she flew in for it, and we did that song together. So it was, and there was like fireworks and stuff, but it was it was really cool because it's like you know, being in a touring band, like you can always sort of build on the last thing you've done, but we've done that for a very long time, and we're very proud of the live show that we've developed and and the, and the type of audience that we have, but the challenge of, yeah, a television show is, like, something completely new. And, you know, you're just taking notes from other Super Bowl halftime shows, whether that's Prince or Springsteen or Bruno Mars and Beyonce and, like, Anderson Pack, Like, all... It's kind of a collection of all my favorite things, and we're trying to steal steal them all and, and make it your own. So it was cool. It was very, very awesome. You know,
0: life is so different. It is not the same translation. Not even close. And by the way, that K-Flay song that you guys have with her fucking rips so hard. I love... Ah. It. <laughs>
4: Thank you. Yeah, she's amazing. Do you know her? Do you know
0: Kristen? Yeah, yeah, I toured with her. Kristen opened for AWOL for like two eight-week tours. So like we became really, yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Shit. Well, she's uh she's special. You know, she's yeah. um always the same. I mean, on stage she's like uh, so yeah. fierce and big, but like just off stage she treats everybody exactly she's the same. Great she's so smart, so yeah. chill. Yeah. Um, always has like, and she's kind of a person you want to be stuck in a conversation with. Yeah. Yeah. Because 100. she she's, like she's always like <laughs> met. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, she, she's special. And that, that song, uh, we're, we're, no, I like, that's a big, I think, thing for us, especially in the next little bit, is more collaborations. We've been, mm. we just put up the song with Cold War kids. Yep. We have more shit coming down the line with other guest artists on it. And it's mostly because it's like, ah, do I have to sing every song? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of tired of my own voice. You know, it'd be kind of more fun if there was a little bit more involvement. So, yeah, yeah, she, she's, she's very cool.
1: We've talked so much about, like, kind of in, like, I guess the rock or alternative scene, like, collaboration has become a really big part of what's going on. And I feel like a lot of people do it for one, cross-promotional purposes, because it's great to, like, introduce yourself to different people's fan bases. But I'm interested how the Cold War Kids thing came about. Like, were you guys previously friends, collaborators, or anything like that? Or was this just, like, in-the-studio chance kind of a thing?
4: Yeah, so the backstory is that that band means a lot to us. Like when we first started our band, like their first EP was like on heavy rotation. They've of course, since like built an incredible career, they came up and did our big home hometown Hamilton show in 2018. Mm. And with, uh, Bishop Briggs and Cold War kids. And they opened Hell yeah. and we got to know them a little bit there. We played with them in like in Tulsa with Phoenix, which is like a dream bill for me. Cause I love Phoenix. Uh, and we played at Kane's ballroom, which is like a legendary spot. Yep. where you've been, and, um, and so we were working on the record, and we had all these songs. We're like, oh, what song would make sense to reach out to Nathan about and see if he'd be down? And nothing in the pile of songs that we had really felt like he'd connect with it necessarily. We are sort of guessing. So we're like, what if we just write something new and send it to him, and we'll God. leave the, like the second verse empty? And that's exactly what happened. We, we wrote something that like had a Cold War Kids kind of vibe, sort of. Send it to him. He's like, yo, this is right up my alley. I'd love to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, oh he uh it was it was kind of cool the first verse i name dropped the wallflowers and the song one headlight which is like one of my favorite songs of all time and he was like yo i've been reading a bunch about bob dylan and this wall and i love the wallflowers and this idea of trying to shed your past and get out of like the shadow of maybe your father which might be the case with jacob dylan and bob dylan or or your hometown or whatever that might be is something that's you know, a concept that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So he wrote his verse in kind of response to my verse. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a perfect fit. Like he really just came and delivered.
1: Wow. Oh my God. Wait, by the way, this is a side tangent. I'm a huge Wallflowers fan as well. Kenny, remember that conversation we had about the, the Jacob Dylan thing on Rogan? Yes. Yes, I do remember. What happened? So Jacob Dylan went on Rogan and he, he gave this whole statement about how he like... He doesn't really know anything about like the record industry or like anything, whatever it was, we had like a conversation that was kind of inflammatory afterwards. The wallflowers have stands because they came from my goddamn neck, dude. And I was like, in the conversation, I was like, I'm a big, big wallflowers fan. I just didn't know what the conversation was about. And I've never seen that many negative comments on one of our videos. So really? shouts out shouts out, Jacob Dylan. I love you. Please don't attack me. <laughs> no, I,
4: I lo- honestly, I love Jacob Dylan. And, um, Actually, so for the so the video, we were like, OK, we're going to make like a run and gun, cheap and cheerful video. I'm going to be in L.A., uh, like in March, like, hey, w- are you f- Nathan? Are you free to film something? It'll be like just a few hours of your time. I have a director friend down there. We'll use his like 1972 Scout truck. We'll find a pool yeah. bar. We'll sing karaoke to each other like two sad, lonely guys. That'll be the video. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what if we get Jacob Dylan to make a cameo in the video, and what if he's like the valet or something like that? And we like flip him the keys, it's just like, and he just kind of appears for like a second. Hell so that'd yeah. be kind of fun. So we tried to reach out to Jacob Bill, we we're like, oh, we know it's like, we kind of know his label, or we know a friend of a friend. We start reaching out in every possible way. By the way, keep in mind, the video is to be filmed on Thursday. It is Sunday night. So we're not really... <laughs> and, and also, we don't know Jacob Dylan. Like, Jacob right. Dylan does not necessarily know Arkell, So It's not like a pal calling somebody else. So anyway, we did not hear back from Jacob Dylan I, On the Tuesday, <laughs> I'm at a dinner. And there's a, a friend of mine who is a comedy writer uh, who works on McGruber and Last Man on Earth. Let's and come. we're all at dinner with Will Forte. And so I've come to know Will Forte a bit and so we're telling this story about how we're trying to get jacob dylan no dice and i go to will i'm like Will, do you want to do you want to play the cameo and he's like i'd love to when is it <laughs> i'm like well it's thursday it's in two days from now he's like yeah of course sign me up yeah i'll be there and i'm thinking he's like joking and then like 10 minutes later he's like so when's the video four o'clock okay cool yeah i can be it. and by the way the video uh the video if you guys are familiar with la geography if your listeners are um uh, the video was being filmed in downtown LA. Will lives in Santa Monica and asking someone to drive from Santa Monica to downtown LA in traffic, in rush hour traffic at four p.m. It's an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's an insane ass. Oh like, mo- like a friend wouldn't do that. Let alone uh, <laughs> a movie star, <laughs>
0: let alone McGruber is going to fucking hop. Well, I mean, that's Kenny's life, dude. Kenny lives. Kenny, where do you, you live i'm in thousand oaks now i'm like 40 minutes north of la but i was in santa monica for it's, fucking you know you know how all this is yeah but, it's, uh, it's like it's seven miles but it's 49 minutes you're like yeah, oh god but he yeah. came and he and he was he
4: plays like the role of like the doting bartender who just wants <laughs> to be our friend and like wants to <laughs> sing along but like you know if you go to a concert and you could tell the one person who like doesn't know the words but desperately wants to sing along oh yeah i would think it a, <laughs> kind of incorrectly. So, gum <laughs> thing that they do. Yeah. yeah. Did
1: you ever consider having Will Forte play Jacob Dylan? Like that could have been- <laughs>
4: yeah, what would that what would his wardrobe be like? I don't know what that would look like. Just like a flannel
1: or just a thing that says I'm Jacob Dylan. Like I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. No, the new song is great. Um, and I've, I've been a fan of the music forever since fucking leather jacket and, and everything, but I've really noticed like, with like, especially with like knocking on the door forward, you guys have really expanded to this kind of stadium sound and has your like experience doing like the rally or the, the giant tours in Canada influenced the sound today? That's
4: a good question. Um, yeah, I do think like we, you know, we've always tried to lean into the sing along and the shows have always been like a very communal thing. It's like the, sh- the best show kind of works when everybody's like trying as hard as we are. And that's what we mm-hmm. tell everybody. It's like this show's good if everybody's like dancing and singing and feeling it. And um, yeah, but I'm like, you know, I'm a sucker for like hold the mic out and let everybody else sing along. You know, like, like <laughs> it doesn't really get better than that. Oh, you know, God. I think that's like <laughs> the bug, you know, you get when you first start touring. If you're like in a place far away from where you live and you don't know anybody in the crowd. There's no yep. like cousin or roommate or parents
0: there, but people are <laughs> singing along. You're like,
4: this is amazing. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make it better.
0: Have them in the palm of your hand. You're like, go left. They go left, right, right, jump. Right. You're like, oh, I have you. <laughs> it's
4: awesome.
1: <laughs> the real skill is if you can control when you're doing those early shows where there's fucking five people, if you can control the five people like you know like you get a stadium of people who are all kind of moving in unison if you can get the scattered crowd to get into it that's when you're really doing some shit
4: yeah i mean that that's actually the harder gig too like sometimes oh you know, yeah when, when we play smaller shows like that's a lot more work if you have a bunch of thousands of people there that are just like excited to see you, you're like it's kind of easy on a certain <laughs> level but
1: but if you can command that
4: smaller crowd and get everybody locked in that's when you know you're doing a good job
1: what were your first like U.S. shows like? Because I know you guys obviously once we've brought up the Canadian thing, but like, what when you guys first started breaking into the U.S.? What was that like for you?
4: Oh, I mean, it's like every other like you know shitty club tour. It's like you know, <laughs> I mean, we've we've played with so many bands down here, uh, like small headline runs. We've like opened for, you know, it's the thing about our band is we're kind of a tweener band in that like we don't fit into a scene. Like we're not mm. singer songwriters, but we're not. Part of the punk scene. We're not electronic music, but we like all that kinds of. You, we like everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, as a result, like we open for Saint Lucia, which is like electro pop, Fuck yeah, kind of indie shit. And we open for Frank Turner uh, across <sighs> the country, and we open for uh fucking Congos, and we open for Light. Fuck
1: Congos, let's go! Those are our boys. That we go. love, these guys guys. like my book oh, okay. in the whole world. <laughs> I think they're gonna be on next week, actually.
4: Oh, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, we opened for Congos. It, it was a run of dates with, like, them and Joy Formidable. We were, like, first of three. So, it's, like, I don't know, like, we we kind of... Um,
0: Great lineup, by
1: the way. Yeah,
4: yeah, really good lineup. Um, yeah, so, it's, like, you know, and we're still, like... It always feels like, for us, it's, like, it's always been, like, one fan at a time. Like, because we've, we've never had the, the, like, massive, synonymous, like, hit that, like, oh, that band has, like... You know, maybe you think of Leather Jacket when you think of our band, but maybe you think of Knocking at the Door, or maybe you think mm-hmm. of the K-Flay song, or maybe you think, of, like, there isn't, like, the one, like, transcendent thing that, you know, is, oh, that's the band that has the thing. So yeah, a, song,
1: a, shitty, it's like, a shitty song like Sail by AWOL Nation, that kind of a vibe, <laughs> you know on. what I mean? <laughs> Look at the platinum black oh, in the background. I feel like we had to have played a show at some point together,
0: at a festival or something. I'm like, I know these fucking guys. I know you this. Know it's like from you just being on the same it's a small world i know
4: Everybody- so i'm trying to think we did some like radio thing and i in like Louisville, where's
0: the gathering there's yeah, you guys did a radio thing
4: uh, I, I think i saw you guys there we were on like earlier in the day at like a different like venue a, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. dude how weird
1: is the gap i did the gathering too how we- the gathering is cool but it's also so weird did you do what venue did you do at the gathering
4: it's it like acoustic thing i don't know that, dude, no, world is,
1: is- our our boys from fucking uh the orphan the poet kenny's uh co-writing guys we were playing we, we were opening for bishop briggs that night at oh, the the main joint uh, I forget the uh, the ballroom, whatever it is, and uh, fucking the and the poet had to play on a riverboat. <laughs> they were on a <laughs> riverboat jumping on tables. The gathering's a weird spot. know it was it was a good experience, but it's a weird joint. There's so
0: many things like that though, where it's just like it's radio showcase. That's yep. straight up pay to play kind of stuff. But it still funks. You see your friends and you laugh and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But Kenny,
4: would you say that with awol stuff like you guys are kind of in, in you genre hop a lot too right like
0: same. that was the that was the tough we toured with like prophets of rage which was like rage against the machine essentially mm-hmm. but then we'd also tour with like young the giant right mm-hmm. it's like so such a different spectrum and we would have to tailor our sets we've still try to keep it ourselves but yeah you know you have to tailor your set to what you're playing same with festivals like depending on what at one moment uh sale was going pop so we went from doing alternative festivals to pop festivals with like Miley Cyrus and shit. And we're like, we do not belong here. We shouldn't be here. But yeah, it's-
1: Well, yeah. Max, Max, you used a word that I've been told 8 million times about my band and you're a tweener band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a friend of ours, uh, I'm sure, Wendy Rollins from- uh, she yeah,
4: I was. Saw, I saw Wendy at the show in Philly the other night. So yeah, we, Wendy's,
1: we a, Wendy's a very close friend of mine. And mm. I remember her always telling me, you know, you guys could either go the AAA radio route, you can go alternative radio, and I don't know if you want to pick one, but you're kind of in between. And I, I've always kind of taken that as a badge of honor. Like, I'm, it's, for you, did you guys ever want to go one specific route, or have you always stayed true to just kind of like, we are Arkells, this is what we sound like?
4: Yeah, I mean, it it really feels like disingenuine, disingenuous if uh, we try to do a particular thing, because it's like, I think I have like ADD, where like my interests, like I just couldn't, like do the same thing like where it's like oh i'm just gonna make the same style record over and over and over again and uh, and maybe that's to my detriment on some level because sometimes like when you see those bands that are like firmly in like the americana singer-songwriter folk world then they just like lean into that Mm -hmm. and and in some ways it serves them well in in a lot of ways but it's just like i couldn't do it like you know i'm way more interested in artists like a kanye or a bowie or or a fucking you know, name any of like the the artists that have like Billy Joel. Like when you think about like the the breadth of those artists and, and the way they've changed. Yeah. And then you, you zoom out, and over time, it just becomes part of their catalog. Your feet you feet go through, th- you know, a lot of shit, and it's like it's different, and that's
0: the kind of career I I hope to have. Yeah, you know, in I, terms I, that's of the, the kind of the the career line. that that I love watching too, because you you go back through a, like a ten album band, and you can see what they are feeling here, what they are. Mm-hmm. feeling how it went and what their visuals were. Like you said, their, their tour production. It's that's for me, it's fun to see something different, but there are a lot of those bands that like they got that lane and yo crush that lane.
1: I feel like that's so <laughs> beneficial early on for bands where like, then you can fit into a scene, which you can kind of ride the coattails of everything going on in that scene. But later on in your career, if you want to switch things up, then it's like your fans are like, what is this? I don't get like, even, a even a band like Paramore, when they put out um, after laughter, and that was that. Pop, it was more of a poppy, glassy '80s kind of a record. At first, people were like, "I don't even know what the fuck this is. This is not Paramore." Now people love it, mm-hmm. but I think it's like a long term thing to where you guys have built individual fans, and they're diehard fans, man. It's it's really incredible to see what you guys have done.
4: Well, no, I appreciate that, and actually, I think um, that is one of the things I'm most proud of and grateful for with it when it comes to our fan base is that we don't get shit like from anybody when we put out anything. No one's like, huh. <laughs> you know, when, you, when you get the like the stands from certain like communities or subgenres I go, huh, this isn't what I signed up for. But it's because changed. I think I'm so open about like, you know, my love for hip hop, my love for electronic music, pop music, singer songwriter and music, punk. Like I like because we talk about it very openly, no one's that surprised if we do something a little bit different.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it, from that perspective, because I mean you guys do have like a big breath of influences when, like if you listen to your records, like what's your earliest recollection of being like? okay, this is my shit. Like, when you were a kid, like, who were your earliest influences?
4: Uh, I mean, I listened to so much of the music my dad had around the house. Because my dad, uh, went. he's a New Yorker, actually. You know, he came to Canada for school. but um, And then he went to college at Wayne State University in Detroit. So he had, a, like, a... And he was a DJ at the college station. So he had all these Beatles records, Motown records. So I mostly listened to the Beatles in Motown until like, I was, like, <laughs> 11 or 12. And so, like, that is my early-day shit. And then you know when i was in grade seven eight nine there's like a lot of like late ni- late 90s early 2000s pop music and hip-hop so like you know everything from like jay-z nelly fucking Backstreet yes. Boys, like all that <laughs> stuff um and then when i was like a, a little bit later like 16 17 it was like that era of great indie rock uh, that mm-hmm. was like in its fucking height which includes like arcade fire a death cap for cutie uh like all the bands that would have been on the oc soundtrack like all that stuff and so i think there's a commonality with everything i'm talking about with it's just like a love of a great song and a great hook and a great chorus and like the the, that rule applies for if i'm talking about the beatles or motown or or death gap for cutie or arcade fire or jay-z or any of the stuff i just mentioned
1: or nelly or
0: nelly That's, that's great lineage.
1: Fuck it. Yeah. Now I'm picturing you like in grade school with like one bandana on or one uh band-aid under your eye like Nelly. I,
0: I did <laughs> well, I, said, I did I don't know if
4: I did, I did that, but I definitely like, tucked my socks into my big rockware jeans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm picturing I want pictures, dude. I need to see this. <laughs> oh my god. No, but I mean uh because I'm I have a big love of hip hop as well. And I know Kenny does too. And we we all live in this kind of like alt-rock, whatever rock world, but if you had to get cuz you said already said Kanye, right? Like you're a Kanye or you're a Kanye music fan obviously. Yeah. If you had to pick your favorite Kanye record, can you can you actually put that out there? Oh my god, I can't. I I, mean,
4: I know, dude. I can't, but you know what I will say? I mean, like, you know, college Dropout obviously is important. Yeah. Um, but Yeezus is really important, yes! but Life of Pablo is really important, but I will say the one the sneaky one I come back to the most because it's the most sort of like chill listening experience that you can kind of put on when you're not fucking raging is ye. That record stands up. Ye's a sneaky. beautiful beautiful sneaky
1: album. Um uh, so yeah, the, I, I mean I love, love a lot of it. The chord choices on Ye were beautiful. Yeah. Violent yeah. crimes
4: Yeah, I know. So good.
1: I think for me it goes I think Graduation's his best work. Mm-hmm. Or Graduation is the most re-listenable for me, but I mean Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's like Yeah,
4: I mean Dark Tw- <laughs> It's
1: like a beat it's like going to a Beatles, you know, discography and picking out Sgt. Pepper's. It's bullshit. It, it's Kenny, what's well, not your... Not Watch the Throne, too, right? Yeah, or Late Registration, or, you know, it's... Guys are just, it's like, how do you pick one out of all those? You can't. They're fucking incredible. We should ask Congos the same question next week.
0: <laughs> They'd be like, <laughs> oh, favorite well, favorite uh, favorite. Uh, South Africa, we only had the fucking... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a big rivalry with them on social media. Cause I'll like from like the podcast account and from the Barstool music account, I'll tweet out like a big, like, what's your favorite Kanye album? And they will tweet back in three seconds and be like, Kanye is the most boring person alive. It's, a, it's an ongoing rivalry. It's, okay. it's, it's it's if you happen to talk to them, give them shit. We appreciate that. Uh, all right. So wrapping things up here. So, like I said, you are in the U S now, what's it like finally being back out of the road? Cause obviously we all just went through the pandemic and being such a live band. Like you guys are, we ask this all the time, but like, what did you do to fill your time? Cause I know you're a podcast guy too. Like, what did you do to fill that, that gap in your life?
4: Ooh, I mean, we, we, we made a lot of music. I think that's probably the case for a lot of musicians that so you have no choice. So like we, we finished blink once uh we made like an acoustic record blink twice is coming so we kind of like three albums worth of stuff that that is uh, either been put out or going to be coming out soon um yeah i mean and we we thought a lot about like we we got a chance to play last summer too and a, a few dates last year so you know we we had projects to work on but i will say like yeah being back on the road like everybody's like kind of looking at it with fresh eyes cuz we cuz our band went really consistently for like 11 straight years right like yeah. we never took any time off actually felt really felt bad for bands that like had taken 2019 off because Mm. like yo 2020 is my year i wrap things up in 2018 2019 i'm gonna write i'm gonna just chill 2020 here we go and then it's like okay see you in 2022 like bands like lost like fucking three four years of their life if, if that happened to be the way their calendar was we were lucky that like we just kind of always worked so the time march 2020 came around we were like okay this sucks but if anybody sort of deserves like a minute then we we can kind of handle it but yeah. uh but yeah but we're very happy to be back on the road
1: dude we we kenny brought that up not too long ago but the idea of the bands that were like about to break and like 2020 was going to be that year they had set themselves up perfectly and then everything goes away mm-hmm. like that you, you only get a chance to introduce yourself on a big stage once and like that's just such a shitty like i can't believe that we've all come out of this somehow it's it's, yeah. it's it's nuts man but you guys are obviously fucking killing it uh so you're in columbus this week who where, where else else in
4: uh chicago detroit uh so we'll Ooh. be uh yeah we're st- we're, st- we're playing at house of blues in chicago uh i think the majestic in detroit we're gonna, we're gonna have to cover a motown song i don't know which one yet but great
0: uh, great venues yeah. Yeah, What's Chicago uh, House of Blues, something special about it. I, I always seem to get really drunk as fuck there, and <laughs> <laughs> see great shows there. Something special about that place.
4: Kenny, where are you? You're in L. A. though, right? Now.
0: Yeah, I'm just north of L. A. Yeah.
1: And then we have two other members of the podcast who will be on for the rest of the episode, who are both in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I may need, I may need you to bring our big dumb idiot White Sox Dave out, on stage, and just we have this ongoing thing where we're trying to turn him into a rock star, and. Cool. We were playing a big show in December with OAR in Chicago. Oh, nice. And White Sox Dave was supposed to come up on stage with us and play Highway to Hell on the guitar. And he pussied out. And as I'm on stage, walks through the crowd and goes, Colin, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and we have cameras on. like, And I'm like, what do you mean you're not doing it? What do so you he, mean? <laughs> he, he got beer muscles and came up on stage and played the tambourine and screamed into the microphone. They're I feel like... About- the tambo i'm and if you look at dave like the tambo was an odd choice for him because he's he's a, a burly dude like i would love to send dave your way and make him come up and get on stage.
4: <laughs> that's amazing yeah yo, but um, seriously if they want to come just let me know we'll put them on the list
1: no it's no problem at all well do brother uh dude everybody go check out arkell's on tour if you are in canada go to the rally because that's all you have philly boys on there you have mount joy coming out
4: that's right yeah they're opening up uh yeah. k is on the bill too so it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome
1: Hell yeah, man. Well, everybody, go check out R. They got a new single. Max, thank you so much for the time, brother. We'll see you soon. All right. All right. So that was our friend Max Kerman from the band R. Kells. If you're in America, he's going to be in Chicago this week and Columbus, Ohio. Go see them. They're at the House of Blues in Chicago. Amazing band. Go stream all their shit and their new song with Cold War Kids. Absolutely outstanding stuff. Um, and we'll get, we have more news to get. We're not going to even break the news this week. We're, we'll fucking wait on it. But regardless, um, Let's go into on list off list. Let's just jump right in next we're We're crunched on time here. uh Dave, why don't you start with on the
2: list? nora jones i I decided <laughs> just now that instead of falling asleep to like Netflix or whatever tonight, she's gonna throw on Nora Jones, turn the computer like backlight off, and just pass out.
1: yeah, I'm sure you're gonna pass out there.
2: <laughs> I love her. I love, love. you dude.
3: I, I do
1: lie didn't come she has this amazing album uh with billy joe armstrong from green day it's yeah. a duet album uh called foreverly where they just cover everly brothers songs together god damn it i love norah jones Dude, it's it
2: i have listened to her every song she's probably ever released to the public i have i have listened to at least once
3: dude, i love shit. that i i thought i knew everything about you i'm like
2: i've said this for an an years enigma.
3: Dude, I've never heard this. So you're an enigma. I, I Why do you it's that's not true at all. I have like you can <laughs> No, appear. you are. You're Dave, Come on. If 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 someone if I went up to 100 people and asked them who do you think his favorite female artist in the world is. 2018 slash, April slash 29, crush.
2: 2018. Feels slash like Nora Jones crush. kind of morning. Slash. January 20th. Oh, he's
0: got receipts.
2: J- January 20th, 2016. It feels like Nora Jones kind of day. Uh <laughs> Nora Jones. I wrote a blog about Nora Jones.
0: <laughs> oh! Nora
2: Jones. You've clearly never. Um, so, oh, this was me and Brandon Walker arguing about best voices of all time. I said, take off Mariah Carey and insert one of Bonnie Raitt or Nora Jones. Um, January, July 12th or 10th, 2016. Um, uh, Chief said Adele is the queen. And I, I responded, Nora Jones. I've been the biggest Nora Jones fan for years. I've said this was at the fucking uh, Chicago theater. Was it New Year's? She was somewhere recently, and I I couldn't go. And I was
1: irate with myself, dude. I said this a lot to a lot of people. Dave Williams is more than meets the eye, dude. Deeper guy. And I fucking dude, Dave. Hell yeah, let's. I, I mean, it's Nora Jones. I think she
2: supersedes taste. I, I think guys, anybody heard of Nora Jones song. we got to get her on the show. We got to get her on the show.
1: I would pass out and cry.
2: We got to get her on here. We okay. I, we will reach out to her people. We'll figure it out. I,
1: I think it would just be 20 minutes of us just staring at her being like, Sup. Can you sing for us? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you display the piano, please? Damn, this is sick, dude. Dante, who's on your list?
3: Tom motherfucking Cruz.
1: Tom Cheese.
3: Let's go. Uh, saw Top Gun, Maverick last night. I, I don't know if we were recording when I talked about it earlier, but. I think so, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I already talked about what a great movie it was. I mean, I walked out of the theater and I said this to my buddy. I don't care how fucking crazy he is. He's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah he he's is. Into sci- he's into Scientology. He fucking jumps on couches, yells, screams. <laughs> I don't care about it. I don't care about any of that stuff. He makes unbelievable
2: movies. It's all a guy does. Yeah. 100%. He's, he's like one of
3: he's one of our last true movie stars left Max. in the world.
2: That is Max. true. I, that's actually a good point. I had never thought of that because who's a movie star these days? They're all like his age, like Tom Cruise. Those guys aren't fucking he's, movie stars, man. No,
3: exactly. He's like, I would say maybe Liam Helmsworth has potential.
2: Chris Helmsworth. Chris,
3: Chris Hemsworth. Hens, Chris Chris Helms, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I Well, I mean,
1: right now, it's probably Chris Pratt. He's doing yeah, all these, like, he's doing, like, Jurassic Park.
3: They're not Tom fucking Cruise. Like they Nobody. Don't grow up. I mean, he literally could snap his fingers, bang any chick that's ever walked the face of the earth. Facts. He could snap his fingers, and any guy in the world would want to have a beer with him. Facts. uh I mean he's just he's the one of the most likable fucking people and he is unbelievable at what he does I love Tom Cruise is the fucking man I love him
1: can I tell you a story my best treasure my best friend Sean ever since we were kids he's always hated Tom Cruise like since we were kids and I'm always like dude he's like in like five of my favorite movies how the fuck do you hate Tom Cruise and he calls him Tom Cheese he won't call him Tom Cruise he calls him Tom Cheese And I finally got it out of him why he hates him. And it's because of the Dark Knight. Have you ever heard the backstory with this? I don't think so. Do you know how Katie Holmes, who was his wife, was in the first Batman movie but wasn't in the second one? It's because Tom Cruise forbid her to die in a movie. And so that's why Maggie Gyllenhaal became Rachel in the second movie. And so because of that, my boy Sean Kovacs... Hates Tom Cruise to a fucking why would you?
2: That's like I would, dude. No, because so he, he's the Tank like, is Frank the Tank's doing this like movie with Michelangelo. Right? I saw probably this. so they want to film with me in Chicago. I'm like, yes, under one condition, I have to die. <laughs> like, I want a gruesome, like head chopped off, like rolling down the street, like tumbleweed death, <laughs> like Game of Thrones style. Yeah. Like uh, no. that'd be sweet. Why wouldn't he want to dine in a movie? That's fucked up. No, I well, don't. The Tom,
1: the Tom Cruise shit is weird, but Kovacs' thing is always like he's like you ever look at Maggie Gyllenhaal. He's like you fucking robbed me of of Kate. Uh, what what's her name? The the actress. His ex Katie wife, Holmes. Katie Holmes. He's like Katie Holmes so hot. He's like fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal. Seriously, and I'm like wait, that's why you hate Tom Cruise. I'm like he's the fucking Dante. I agree with you, hundred percent. Um, I can't wait to see Top Gun. I'm going tomorrow night at midnight. Um, my on the list is Vincent chase, my dog. And I'll tell you the story yesterday. My wife was walking my dog and some dude that's our neighbor was walking on the street and said, wow, Vinny got fat. Like he's, he's like, wow, Vinny's been eating good. Vinny's fat now. And my wife was devastated, devastated, texting me like, Oh my God, is he fat? Whatever. I'm like, no, today we took him on a walk. This is right before we started recording. My dog saw the same guy and absolutely body slammed him. My dog took off the ground and body slammed this guy. Vinny does not do that to anybody. And I'm dead serious. We both walked away and we're like, that was revenge. I'm su- I swear to God, this dog remembered what he said and body slammed the shit out of this guy. My dog's hundred pounds. He's a big fucking boy. Shout out, Vincent Chase, my dog. Did, dog.
2: Uh, is he going to lose weight?
1: Probably. He, he, he's got a couple extra pounds, but he's not fat at all. He's just raw a di-
3: raw diet, bro. Game changer. That's yeah, what. Well, not, not cheap, but it's game changer. I'll tell it, hey. like, That's
2: all. AC. Uh, so I got home. What's this? What the fuck is today? Wednesday. I got Wednesday. home Sunday, Wednesday. and <laughs> I Ace has had the same bowl of dog food. All he eats is marrow, marrow, and really? and like smaller shit. He's gonna he be able, he he'll live <laughs> till twenty. I bet.
1: My wife, wa- my wife just texted me and said, I heard that. She can hear me through the floor. <laughs> like <holding> Yo,
3: <laughs> before it's gone, I gotta show you my favorite part of this club. Yeah, yeah. Going by right now. We have a train we have a freight train that goes through like once an hour. See it?
1: That's the most Cleveland shit I've ever seen in my entire life.
3: So we purposely didn't build the wall up the back. So they like can see it. So it passes by. We also have monster fucking tanker ships that go down the river right here. That bridge that the train's going over goes up. These huge tanker ships go down, but it's dope. And our sound system is so fucking sick that you can't even hear the train when it goes by. You just see it and we hit it, we blast it with lights and that's
1: Jesus pretty sick actually when
3: it goes by at night. But- Shout, Shout it, out. it out. What's
1: the name of the
2: club? Forward. Please Forward.
3: Look. Uh I get like giddy at night when the train goes by it's like i am a little kid every time i i like lose my mind
1: dante have you ever seen the video it's on youtube it's called uh the fake tourism board video of cleveland yeah i have yeah it. <laughs> it, oh it's, man it's I, funny but that was my impression of cleveland all throughout high school and college
3: everybody uh, everyone, everyone comes here and they're like city's really not that bad a lot of good restaurants a lot of good bars. People are awesome. I don't know why everyone shits on it so
1: much. They say, welcome to Cleveland. Here, Look at both of our buildings. Our entire economy is based on LeBron James. Uh, Dave, who's off your list?
2: <laughs> off my list, uh, we'll stick to dogs. The lady tried to save Ace Bitter at the dog park today. Not true. Ooh. Got into it with her. So she, I saw her walk in. Ace was with me. And I was at the opposite end of the park. I saw her walk in. She, I've seen her before. She's super tall. She's like 6'3". And um, she came in with her dog, and her dog got into it with another dog. And Ace, obviously, hears all the commotion. He goes to see what's up. And so I go to grab Ace so he doesn't get his head ripped off. And I pull him back. I'm like, come here, come here, come here. And she's like, excuse me, is that your dog? He just bit me. I'm like, he was with me the entire time. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, he bit me. I'm bleeding. I'm like, no, he didn't. He couldn't have bit you. Like, So we argued about it for a few minutes, and a couple people backed me up. Who I was sitting by, and uh, so she took her dog and left. And she was a little too sassy for my pleasure, and she accused Ace <laughs> of um malintent that I that he doesn't even have in him. So, she's Wait, off our D- list.
1: Dave, was this lady Eddie from Barstow, Chicago? It wasn't, but he would have though. <laughs> that video is tough, dude.
2: It's not, it's not a good one,
1: not a That's good not look a good for look. Ed, not gonna look for Ed, dude. Uh, Dante, who's off your list?
3: Once again, I know I, I sound like a fucking broken record, but tour managers, man, it just Max. pain of my existence. I mean, this time, just everything about the hospitality rider, the tech rider, it's just, I know their job is to look out for their artists, number one, but just be realistic and be civil and polite. It's not... That much to ask. I mean, there's a fucking supply chain shortage Mm. the world has never seen going on. These guys are are like, we don't care. They have some obscure brand new mixer that Pioneer dropped that everybody fucking wants. They're back ordered till 2023. Festivals can't get them right now, and they won't take no for an answer. So got to drive up to fucking grand rapids michigan pick this thing up jesus borrow it and then drive it down to louisville kentucky for some fucking show on friday for this what guy the fuck? ritz hotel isn't nice enough even though it's the like nicest hotel in cleveland by a mile uh just everything they just complain about everything they suck
1: Dude, when he shows up, just give him an iPod hookup and a fucking plate of chicken oh, nuggets. He'll be the
3: man. He he I've met him before. He's the fucking coolest guy in the world. He's he's a blast. It's again, it's never the artist, it's always their fucking tour manager. Always. The worst. Damn.
1: That sucks balls, dude. That yeah, drive off my fucking list. From Ohio. Well, to Ohio to Louisville is probably what, like five hours?
3: I don't know. I'm not doing it. We're sending one of our uh one of our lackeys.
1: One of the underlings. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's, that's, I was going to say Dante, that sounds like the most miserable day of like in, in history. Driving alone just to drop a speaker off.
1: Shouts off out to the back. underlings, dude. Shout out to the underlings. I love that. Uh, my, my off the list just to wrap this up. Uh, our internet commenters. Uh, I've recently been working on the Barstool backstage account. Uh, everybody's a piece of shit online. Oh my God. Dude, there's this amazing story about... This was my first day taking over the account about Pearl Jam, their drummer getting COVID, and they brought a kid up to play drums. And the main account of Barstool retweeted it, so I'm getting all the alerts. The video got 3 million fucking views, and all it was was a COVID argument. Or, like, they're like, wow, he only played one song, like... What the fuck is that about? And I'm like, dude, this is a cool story. I dude, there was a large argument about whether or not the town next to Oakland where he was from or Oakland, they're like, he's not from Oakland. He's he's from this town. It's not that cool. I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up, dude. I was dude. Back to back
3: to my question to Dave. Dave, why do people on Twitter suck so
2: much?
1: Oh my dude,
2: everybody's so the most recent run-in I had it was. There's been a couple, um, this kid, Will Schreiber, uh, he, I, I, he's not listening to this, but he listens to like the dog walking shit. He is the biggest fucking cocksucker of all time. He DMS me constantly to the point where I'm like, pick a bar and let me know where it's at. And I will come and fight (laughs) you right now. I swear to God, I've said this. He talks shit on to all the Barstool Chicago accounts, DMS me incessantly, but I can't block him because then he wins. And then he leaves comments, like, asking Portnoy to fire me nonstop. And he's this, like, 23-year-old fucking douchebag. And I I just, like, I'm pretty good at ignoring a lot of them. It's the fucking relentless ones that I'm just like, fuck this. But working on the internet, it's draining in that regard.
1: Dude, I I made the mistake of, of we posted this one video once again got a ton of views of it was the Dylan Francis video where he's playing Fortnite Dante and everybody was commenting like fake this is fake this is bullshit why'd you post this a fake his so, controller's not even plugged in so I like, went on every one of like the 400 comments in this wrote real it's real it's real by the way this is real and they'd comment back and be like no it's not and i'd be like not check it again it's real and they're like <laughs> why do you keep saying it's real i'm like it's real i don't know and <laughs> i was having a great fucking time dude i love that i, I love that. i hate internet troll too, back dude. baby troll back oh i just kept troll. saying was all i kept saying was real 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 no <laughs> no nah, nah, check it again it's real Fuck them. All right. That's this week's episode. Uh, shout out to Kenny Carkey for Nickelodeon. Uh, shout out to Max from Arkell's amazing interview. Please go check those guys out. We have an interview that is so fucking big coming up that I literally can't actually believe it's a thing. I'm not saying who it is. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> but we got an email that is literally mind blowing. It couldn't be any fucking bigger. I really I'm, couldn't. It really couldn't. It couldn't yeah. be any bigger. And we didn't even ask.
3: Maybe Barstool will actually acknowledge our existence <laughs> after it. Maybe
1: we'll find out, dude. Maybe uh, the people
3: that book talent will actually be like, "Hey, something's going on over there." So they're booking, they're booking talent over there, and we're not, we're not having a part in it. Maybe we should throw our hat in the ring. And help I'm going to wear a T-shirt Maybe. during the
1: interview that says, "We booked this." <laughs> no, we all should. It's like protest. Yeah, we'll all be handcuffed together wearing a shirt that just says, "We we wrote this." Uh, all right. That's this week's episode. Love you guys. Dante, Dave, anything for you, uh, anything for me before we get out of here? See you no, guys next thank week. you
3: guys. Sorry. I
0: was late again. Appreciate, I'm- appreciate you waiting. Glad to be back.
1: Love you guys.